Welcome to Freelance Sucks. Here we discuss the dark side of freelancing about which nobody usually talks out loud. In this show, we speak with experienced freelancers, and I'm sure listening to their stories helps you prepare for freelancers' challenges. My name is Yuri. I'm a community builder at Code Control and 90M.Works, and my guest is Dunia Ryber, an experienced content professional who loves writing, creating content strategies, covering complex topics, and totally passionate about remote work and new work. So, welcome, Dunia. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to the conversation about the dark side of freelancing. Dark side, like dark, the darker side. So, <laughs> and let's start with the darkest question. For you, as a freelancer, what is the most challenging part? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. So mm, I think um, something I've been struggling with is um, saying no to things and resisting this desire to always work more, um, to make more money. Because as a freelancer, it's very simple in many cases. If you do more, you get paid more. And um, yeah, that's that's something I didn't know from my my life before when I just had a regular job when I was an employee. I always got the same um, paycheck each month, um, except when I was able to negotiate um, a raise. <laughs> but um, yeah, now it's it's really different. So I've been a freelancer for let me think uh, two years now. Um, and yeah, at the beginning, I was always thinking, okay, I need to do more. And I need to, if, if I was offered a new project, I thought, okay, I, I have to do it too. And I have to make the clients happy. And um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's really tough. But I think that's true for a lot of people who start freelancing. Um, maybe you can share some, so from your experience in, in hosting this podcast, uh, have other people mentioned this too? Yeah, I remember Dimitri told about saying no and like being afraid of missing out on an opportunity because yeah. as a freelancer, mostly as a beginner freelancer, you have this fear that what if I will have no projects anymore? Exactly. Yeah. And there is a question for you. How do, how did you learn? How did you learn to say no? Yeah. Um, it comes a bit with experience as well. So if you, if you do it once or twice, then it gets easier, of course. Um, for me, I had one project in my first year of freelancing um, where I knew the person who reached out to me from before and they asked me to yeah, get on board as a freelancer, to, to write content for them. And it was uh, a software company and a very technical product. So. Sometimes if you if you write for software companies, um, the topics might actually not be that technical because it's more about if you have, for example, a project management software, you might write about project management topics in general and yeah. why it's great to have a software to help you with that or maybe what you can do with it. But this was a very, um, a very specific topic and they wanted to create a white paper that was very technical. Uh, like a step-by-step -step guide for setting up this system and I was like okay um, I can I can try um, so I got a lot of input from them and my task was to to clear up the white paper based on that and it was just really hard for me because I didn't really understand um, the product and 
I also didn't really have the option to, to try it out. Um, and and uh, yeah, it was just, I wasn't really happy with it. I, I had to force myself to, um, to get to work on it. And yeah, I think the result in the end was okay because it was based on their input, but it was just so much work for me and I wasn't happy. And then at some point after that, I just decided to to quit working for them and told them that it's just not a good fit on the topic side. I liked them personally, it was all good, but um, it wasn't the best fit. And yeah, I, I had to be honest to myself and to them. And yeah, they took it well. And that's, I think, how I, how I learned um, that, yeah, nothing bad happens. It's okay. They will understand. Um, and you can also quit after you've, you've started working for them. So the white paper was one thing, but I was also involved in, in blog post creation. Um, and it's okay. So, of course, it's, it's not nice to abandon the client in the middle of, of a white paper, for example. I didn't do that. But uh, it's okay to say it's not good fit. Um, I'm out. How did you feel when you said them no? Um, I think it, for, before that I was really yeah nervous and I didn't want to disappoint them. But uh, during the conversation, it was completely fine. And after that, I felt very relieved. So it was it was a good decision to do it. Yeah, I totally hear you because sometimes I also do something I don't really like. And it's so hard, like, uh, I gonna have to do it. But the moment you say no, it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, it's the best decision in my life. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think it can help to, um, to put yourself in the position of the other person too, and think, what would I want from, yeah, from, from me or from, from the other person? Um, I would want them to be honest uh, with me. I would want them to, yeah, not say, no uh, not say yes if they actually want to say no or yeah. not to take on a project that is not a good fit for them um so if you if you realize that then it's also um it helps a lot i think to, to make the decision totally so for you as a freelancer what is the most time consuming thing you must deal with yes i think it's all the admin work um it's still okay mm, i can imagine other freelancers maybe have a lot more of that um because they have a lot more short-term projects and um a lot of different clients maybe when they only do small stuff for them and then they have to write 10 invoices each month um for me it's a bit easier but still um yeah of course most time i spend on the actual work so that's all good but um always when when the month changes so at the end of, of one month or at the beginning of the next one of course i have some tasks to do like writing invoices and um yeah having the taxes uh getting everything ready for for them so that's a bit annoying that's something you don't have to do when you um when you have a regular job you're an employee you can just focus on um, on your actual work and as a freelancer you always have this the second part um, that you have to take care of of everything admin yeah and then sometimes in, in the year then there's even more when you have to, to do the tax declaration and so on um, yeah so that's definitely something I would like to have less of do you do it by yourself 
Um, yeah, on, on the monthly basis, yes. But for the annual thing, I have a tax advisor um, because I just want to make sure I don't forget anything. I do everything uh, correctly and also um, some things that you can, uh, yeah, some, some business expenses that you have, for example. Um, I by myself, I wouldn't be sure if I can use everything in my tax declaration. So I want to have a second person, an expert to make sure everything's correct. But yes, on, on the monthly basis, it wouldn't really um, be enough to, to outsource it, I think. So mm -hmm. it's maybe two or three hours then. Um, so I don't think it would be worth it at the moment. Did you do? Did you have a tax advisor from the beginning of your freelancing journey? Yes, yes, because I... Um, so for me, it was a bit um, different because I became a freelancer after the startup I worked for um, went bankrupt and didn't have uh, a new funding round. So um, I was unemployed for a few weeks and decided then to become a freelancer. Mm -hmm. And in Germany, you have a thing called uh, Gründungszuschuss, which is um, from the employment uh, agency. If you decide to um, yeah, just set up your own business, you can apply for a, a grant. Um, that you get some support for your mm -hmm. business. And I wanted to do that because I thought it's a nice opportunity to use it. Um, and uh, I also got it in the end, but you need um, a tax advisor or some other financial expert to validate your, um, your business plan. Mm. And that's why I needed someone right away. And then I just um, yeah stayed with them and used them as, as a tax advisor. Cool. Sounds great. Thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, I think it's helpful, really. But uh, of course, it, it only works when you um, when you lose your job, right? So if you uh, if you just say I want to quit my job, then it, you have a different status. It's not like um, so you, you don't get uh, this. I don't know how it's called in English, actually, but you, you don't get the support uh, immediately from the agency. So um, yeah, you just uh, it's it's just. But for people who maybe lose their job or they have a a temporary contract, for example, and that ends, um, and then they want to become a freelancer and they are in Germany, then uh, they can try that. I can definitely recommend it. Got it. So what is the most nerve-consuming thing you must deal with as a freelancer? I, I think I'm, I'm really lucky. I don't have any um, <laughs> annoying, bad clients, but I can imagine that for many freelancers, that the most yeah annoying thing uh that costs them a lot of nerve and uh yeah just mm, yeah stresses them out but for me um it's really nice i just have have great clients so i can't complain there um sometimes what's a bit annoying for me is that you don't have any um paid vacation or, or sick leave um because it's, uh, yeah, if I want to take a longer vacation, like two or three weeks, then automatically this month is just much, much lower in income than another month or a regular month would be. And my husband, for example, is an, an employee in a company and he just gets uh, the same paycheck every month. And sometimes I think, yeah, it's, that's just so much easier. And for me, it's like, yeah, if we want to do a longer vacation, then... I have to consider that in advance and yeah, just um, just to take take care that um, the income yeah stays at a, at a level that it's still okay. And uh, also for sick leave, um, 
I'm so lucky that I don't really get sick easily. But um, yeah, maybe if I was an employee, I would sometimes say, okay, I don't feel so good today. Um, let me take a day of sick leave um, just to, yeah, just to, to be fit sooner. Um, and and just to, yeah, maybe if I if you have a headache or something, um, would just take half a day off and say I'm sick. And if it depends on your actual work, um, how much money you get, then you'll think twice or even three times about it. If you really want to go to bed for a day and, and sleep, you know, that's, um, that's something that's, that's a bit, um, annoying, but it's also something you can learn that you say it's okay. Right. Um, so as a freelancer, you often make more money than the average employee. So it's okay if you have one or two months a year when, you don't have that much money because you go to vacation. Um, and it's also okay if you are sick for one or two days, then you are more rested. Your results will be better again after you, uh, after you took some time to rest. So it's just something you, you have to get used to. It sounds to me that it's good to be a healthy freelancer. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> Who doesn't like to go on vacation. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, like workaholic yeah. healthy freelancer. Mm -hmm. Is that even yes. possible? I don't know. <laughs> and do you ever feel professional loneliness? Oh. No, not really, actually, um, because my husband and I both work from home. And so it's almost like having a colleague around you all the time. You can meet for coffee in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, you can have lunch together and so on. Um, so that's really nice. Um, and I always have a good collaboration with my clients. So for example, I'm also in, in Slack connected to them. Um, it's not only maybe for some freelancers, they get a task uh, at the beginning of the month and then they, they do it and then they submit it and that's it. But I'm always in contact with my clients and with also with several people on the client side, um, which is really nice and uh, yeah, really helpful. So no, I, I don't think so. And how do you learn? That's also a good uh, question. So I like to go to conferences, um, maybe once or twice a year. Um, for example, in, in Hamburg, there's OMR Festival, or last year I attended Web Summit in Lisbon. And that's always very inspiring. Um, just interesting to to listen to different uh talks and to learn about maybe new tools or about how other people do things to to connect with people so that's that's definitely a great um way mm, i would like to maybe dedicate a bit more time to actual learning um so maybe to to courses or programs um, I did one course called the Power MBA, which is like an MBA in a yeah, digital format. And of course, it's not an official MBA, but it covers all these business topics, um, marketing topics, financial topics um, that are important for founders, for example. And I did it also to, um, yeah, to understand companies uh, on a better level, right? Because um, it's yeah for, for writing for me um i know how to do that but it's also important if i want to support companies in their marketing in their strategies um that i know how companies work how, yeah mainly smaller companies startups because that's who i mainly work with 
um, that's really good. It's just really helpful to see what different stages are there, what different team sizes and dynamics, and what is important um, on on or yeah, at what stage. So that was really nice. You kind of you kind of speak the one language with them. <laughs> yes, exactly. I understand what they need, uh, and I, I don't only have my um, my content perspective, but also a broader perspective of what's going on in, in the company. Yeah. If your friend wanted to become a freelancer, what are top three things you'd advise them to consider before doing that? Mm -hmm. um, so one thing is to really learn about all the admin stuff and taxes and um, insurance and so on. So uh, yeah, to, to just take some time because it's not like you have this one resource that tells you everything. It's more like, yeah, for insurance, you have to um, have a different uh, area you, you have to check. It's like you have to go to your insurance company and, and make sure um, yeah, to decide if you want to have a private health insurance, for example, or not. Um, and then you have the taxes, uh, tax office, and you have to register your business and so on. So that you just make sure you don't forget anything. That's that's just important. Um, but if you if you start um, doing research, then it's not even that hard. So you just need to take some time. Um, then to be clear about how you want to work and what you want to offer. So this whole positioning thing is, is really important I think yeah. that you know um, what you yeah what is your your core um, thing that you are good at and that you want to do for clients and um, yeah then um, everything is built on that I think and and to yeah to be sure how you want to work do you want to have uh, two or three clients you work for long term or do you want to have more of this project based approach that you um, do something for a month and then it's done and you never hear from the client again and then you move <laughs> on. And based on that, maybe the third thing, um, how you want to find clients, how, what kind of marketing do you want to do? Um, if you have so, just a few long-term clients, you don't have to put that much effort in marketing maybe. Then if you just need one gig after the next and you need some kind of pipeline uh, to, to be filled. Um, yeah, so to always um, be a bit strategic at the beginning and not just start. But on the other hand, if that's your personality, you can also just jump in and learn from that. That's also fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in Sparta, yes, you just go to go to the ocean and if you're survive, you're survive. <laughs> yeah, that's also possible. So that what I yeah my my advice was more for for people who want to do it like me maybe. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, you don't have to. It's okay. You never know. You never know. Yeah, you know, Tony. Yeah. I wish to have the sky's limit, but time is the limit. So the final question: If you were starting freelancing today, what is one thing you would have done differently? Yes. Um. So I think, as I as I mentioned with the example of the company I work for with the very technical um, product, I would have um, like to be more clear on what projects I want to do, what topics I want to cover really early on, um, and be yeah strong enough to say no if I realize that it's not the perfect fit. Got it. 
Dunya, thank you very much for sharing your challenges and so being so openly open. <laughs> thank you. It was was really interesting. And yeah, sometimes it's, it's also good. Yeah, I felt it was good for me too to uh, visit some of these areas and think about them and talk about them because that's not something you do every day. Totally. And thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button or five stars and share it with your friends. That's it. We're done. See you in the next episode.